Jessica Dedehy, happy to have you here. You're just like pretty awesome all around. I mean, started your career on Wall Street, rubbed elbows, did business with power brokers in the country. You turned passion into a project and you founded your own barbershop, Mad Men Barbershop, which is very cool. And you've got all this savvy to create all these different revenue streams. And now you're the founder of Pivot and Slay. Amazing mother. I love all your TikTok dances that you do with your girls. I love how you make time, the way you you pour into your family and you pour into yourself and your clients and your businesses. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you for that amazing introduction. I'm really excited to be here. I'm happy, happy to have you on the show. So we're going to kick off the discussion right away with a little bit of vulnerability on my part. Um, you know, I think in this in this journey called life, we all have a choice whether we can grow or not. Fair statement, right? Yeah. And uh, so for me, uh, I'm I'm really focused on a, a handful of things, but one of them is kind of like letting go of things that drag you down. And so we've all gone through COVID as business owners. We all navigated that similar in similar ways. And then some of us navigated it in very different ways, right? Some people saw their businesses decimated. Some people saw their businesses explode. Some people made new businesses. I mean, like the amount of distilleries that got into the hand sanitizer business is an example. You know, maybe they're not so much doing that now, but there was opportunity and there was struggle. Uh, I had for me. <laughs> right. I, I did too. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think if most are honest, there was a little bit of both for everybody. But, uh, you know, for me as a business owner, uh, we have uh, in my retail business, something called business loss and eruption insurance. And we're not going to get into all the weeds of what that is and what it means. But, you know, I had it. And, you know, we have the opportunity or we have the ability to make a case to say that that claim should have been paid out. If you know anything about those claims nationwide, uh, they were denied uh, in mass because of the viral exclusion that exists in most of those policies. So without getting in the weeds, you know, there, there's been a number of people I've spoken to who feel there is a case, legal professionals, that is. However, it's all a choice of what you want to do. So I came to Jessica and I said, at our first meeting, the first time I met her at Apex, I come and like, I rain on the parade because I was choosing to hold on to this negative energy, this negative focus, because I wanted to prove I was right. But really on the flip side of that, like what's the gain? So the question to you, Jessica, from your perspective, how is it, you know, how is it, the what, what do people need to do to let go of those kinds of things? I've decided <laughs> to let it go. Right. We had a little talk in the pre-show. Like you can be right and still be wrong. From your perspective, you have, you how do people let go? I think that's what people don't understand is you have a choice on what you focus on. You choose what you focus on. So in every situation, you can extract good and you can extract something negative. The lens is what you make of it. So if you want to see the bad, you're going to see the bad. And if you want to see the bright side, you'll see the bright side. It's sometimes it's harder to see things from a different perspective, but it's still a choice. And that's kind of what I said to you. And it's funny because I say this to a lot of people, whenever they people find out I'm an attorney, 
They always want to talk to me about what they think they deserve from the greatest lawsuit they think they have a chance of winning. And I'm like, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe you have a good shot at that. But like, is that what you really want to spend your time and energy focusing on? And that's really what, where the choice lies. Like, what are you choosing to invest your energy into? Because you only have so much to give. Right. Every day we each get 24 hours. Every day we each get a certain amount of energy. Where are you going to place that? Where are you going to see the most ROI? Is it from dwelling on all the bad stuff or is it from rising up and finding a way? Because the way that you just described COVID, I was thinking, yeah, I did. One of my businesses did get decimated. Oh, but then I also started a brand new business and that really lit up. So you know, I could have chosen to sit home and wallow like many people did about how the businesses are shut down and what are we going to do and, you know, life's yeah. over and we might not bounce back and blah, blah, blah. But I just instead chose to pop into action and find a way to keep my business that was shut down in, in people's mouths. Like, how am I going to keep people talking about the business, keep it in front of their eyes and then How am I going to create more revenue streams that don't rely on that business so that I can continue to slay? And it's really just you choosing to direct your focus on something else. Yeah. I mean, you talked about uh, like a lens of choice, right? You can choose to focus on things, positive, negative. Maybe you think you're focusing on something positive. You know, for me, the, the, the mind where I went in that uh, in my mind around the legal case, like if I were to go down that road is I would be a champion for small business. I will stand out front and I'll take those arrows. I'll be that first domino to fall because the argument is sound. However, it's a long ass argument. I mean, it's a journey. I mean, you know, as an attorney, it's a journey like years. And, you know, at the end of it, I decided, first of all, as you said, we get so much time in a day. I just want to be focused on more positive stuff. I've arrived at that point in my life where it's time to just do that, make that choice. But moreover, when you, when I really looked at it, you know, what we, what we lost versus what we continue to do in that time frame, the, the, what the dollars and cents would be if the insurance company agreed to it. It's a hundred grand. That's it. It's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. That's I mean, when, when, listen, 100 grand is 100 grand. I'm not taking away from the magnitude of that. That's life-changing right. money for a lot of businesses, right? But the, one of the pillars of Pivot and Slay that I founded this coaching company on is you have to continue to push forward on where your real goals are, no matter what, because life's going to throw you a bunch of curveballs, but it's how you deal with them that really determines whether you slay or you don't slay. And that's where pivot and slay comes from, right? We're pivoting because we have to. We're basically like those hamsters in a maze and they're trying to figure a way out. If they hit a wall, they don't just sit there. They try to figure it out, right? That's the pivot is, okay, my plan didn't go the way that I thought it would, but if I make this slight shift, Maybe that will work. Oh, wait, that doesn't work. Okay, maybe this will work. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, maybe that will work. And during COVID, that was me. I was like, what am I going to do? Wait, let me try this. Nope, that's not going to work. Let me try that. That's not going to work. 
you have to keep pushing forward. You have to be innovative. You have to get creative and you have to keep your eye on the prize. We get distracted by these things like insurance and lawsuits when when we have no direction, right? Like maybe we're in a growth spurt. We don't really know what to do with the energy. So we just throw it at the wall or we throw it into the first shiny object. When we lack direction, we can't make purposeful moves. And if you sit down and think about what is going to get the best ROI for my business and for my life, it's generally not being tied up in a lawsuit for three years. You know, that's generally not the purpose. We can forge the way for other entrepreneurs and other more proactive, positive ways. And that's what I threw myself into during COVID. I was hung up on getting PPP loans, which were like mind-blowingly complicated. And I'm a lawyer. So I'm like, well, if I don't understand this, how's the average business owner going to understand this? Why don't I just use my social media to help people? So I started giving out free advice on social media and free business support and ways that I was using my time throughout the shutdown so that people can see like there's positive ways to use your energy right now. We're all nervous. We're all scared. We're all unsure, but let's funnel it into something that helps people and helps us stay upbeat. And I think that's a choice. You know, back to the original point is like, I made the choice that I was going to funnel my nervous energy and make it something amazing. And I created a whole new revenue stream for myself. And more importantly, I'm like touching the lives of other entrepreneurs on a regular basis. And that to me, is the most amazing part, even if I made zero dollars. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's kind of like the, like I said, how I said, I'm going to be that champion, right? It's the champion's code at times that we can all pick up. Like we, for me, I so believe in the power of local business, what that does for a local community. Um, you know, you operate a main street type business with Mad Men Barbershop. You know, talk about community through a business. Like, I mean, I think a barbershop's like one of those important cogs in a local community, right? Because there's 100%. so much. Hundred yeah, percent. Talk about what that's like for a second, because yeah, I love to hear your perspective there. I I adore small business. It's what I've I never had. <laughs> that wasn't something I always had in me, but I think because I became a small business owner. And I really fortified my space in the community. And I've gotten to meet so many people in the community. Um, I've, I've just become even more passionate about it as the days go on. And during COVID, that passion was further ignited because we did a lot of community mass drives and stuff like that at a, at a time when no one had access to them very early on. And I got to meet all these business owners. And I'm in New York in Long Island, and there's a lot of small business here, barbershops, salons, restaurants, all mom and pop. And I feel like there's such a great community vibe to it. You feel like you're really, you know, when you hire people and when you're helping people look good for work and when you're communicating with other businesses, it's helping other people that are just like you. They're not you know, they're not crazy billionaires or anything like that. They're just people who had a good idea and created something from nothing. And it's such a beautiful, amazing thing that many people could not accomplish because they don't have the fortitude or the consistency or the risk-taking ability. And so I thought to myself this year, earlier this year, I'm like, man, 
we should all be in a room together, like learning and networking, not pitching, not pitching our stuff, but really just supporting each other's journeys in whatever zone of genius, share your zone of genius, right? Like learn something new, connect with people. And so I started this free entrepreneur group and I'm hosting meetups, free meetups every month um, just so people can get to know each other. And I'm getting speakers to donate their time to talk to the group and educate people because there's so many small business owners who if they just had a little bit more resources in... um you know, getting knowledge from each other that they would be yep. able to score even more. I don't mean resources like how, like hiring resources or financial resources. I mean, like just playing off each other. What'd you learn? What'd you do? Oh, you did that. Let me try that. Like giving each other options on ways to try to build a business differently or shift your perspective a little bit, see things from a new angle. And that to me is really the crux of the word community. It's just people who want to help you rise up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, business ownership, you you know, you often hear people who kind of get pushed into business because maybe they like make this amazing pie or this muffin or cookie or they're very handy so they can do handyman repairs. And so they're like, okay, well, that makes sense. And I'd love to own my own business. So they start, right? you know, as an example, just this morning, in 15 minutes time, you helped me set up a new entity. It's actually pretty simple, you know, to do these things. But the, the success comes from overcoming the fear and overcoming that fear. You said it just a second ago. It's in the consistency to do the work. But being that business owner that kind of gets past, all right, you got the entity set up, you got the place set up, you've got the open sign on, you're doing some business. All of a sudden, I think a lot of business owners realize they're in this lonely place of being a business owner, of being a risk taker, of their friends that work nine to five jobs aren't like them. You know, at 505, they're at happy hour. They're checked out with family. They're doing their own thing. But as a business owner, you're kind of on the clock. So... Have you ever dealt with that? Like kind of feeling like you're out there isolated? I'm sure you talk to business owners that feel way. What What are your thoughts there about that loneliness of being a business owner and how to overcome it? That's exactly what I'm trying to combat right now in forming this group. And, and it's funny because people, they're so skeptical, <laughs> right? I mean, they're just like, wait, you want to yeah. help me? I don't understand. You want to help me? I'm like, yeah, I want to help you. And guess what? It doesn't cost you anything. Like, I'm just here to help. People are like, what is going on? Right. Because they don't, they're not used to people pouring into them in this way. And they're, and business owners are used to being misunderstood. But the thing is, we're all similar. We just need to get in rooms with each other <laughs> because we're different than the general public and the regular, um, you know, employee mindset is not the mindset that we have. And there's nothing wrong with either mindset. It's just that ours is a little bit more unique and not as easy to find people who think and act and, and you know, dream like us. I think it's important in the journey of any entrepreneur to find those people who, who don't try to tell you you're dreaming too big. Don't try to tell you you can't accomplish something because 
the beautiful part of entrepreneurship is that dream and that effort in to the unknown where you're like, I think I can do this. I'm following my gut, which I like to call your inner compass, right? You feel it inside. Like you're like, I think this is the right thing to do. But because I can't explain it to someone else, they think I'm crazy or they don't support it. I get you. I'm here to tell you, I do that too, all right? And there are other people right. like us and, and people... This is a thing. This is how entrepreneurs get to where they're going by just following their gut and kind of acting instead of reacting. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And and if you're in the right rooms and you can seek out people like you, you won't feel that lonely because there's a ton of us out there. It's just that when we're really moving into the entrepreneurial space, it's important to kind of realign yourself, you know, like the friendships that you have and the familial ties you have are great for certain things. It won't be great for your business life. And there's different parts of you and they each need to be fed, right? Your family life needs to be fed. Your friendship life needs to be fed, but your business life needs to be fed. And so in that vein, you need to find the people who understand that part of you. And I think we we get this expectation like, if you're my friend, you should understand everything about me and you need to have an interest in everything I do. And that's just not realistic, yeah. right? Like, when you want to go to happy hour, go find those friends and go out and relax and let loose. And when you want to have a business conversation, find those friends that you can talk to yep. about that. It's okay that they're not the same group of people. You know, there's a purpose for everyone in your life. And I think that's just a mindset shift that you have to make as you continue on your journey because it's going to aligning yourself with people with the same business acumen is going to make you go further because it's going to push you to think differently and constantly innovate and um, take those risks because those people will be like, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's go yep. out and try it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, you know, the importance of being in a room with people that celebrate your success and you in turn celebrate their success is so utterly important. I had a call prior to our show today where um, I'm going to do a, uh, a joint venture with somebody and they are very friendly with a former Google X executive. Um, and they shared with me the insights from that person is that if we let this world go the way it's going long enough, the AI will create this, you know, thunderdome of negativity and we're lost. We're ver we are lost as a society if we don't get in, like if we don't surround ourselves with positivity, that's, that's what's in place. Like it exists now. And that's why being in, in like what, what you're doing in your local community, I think it's great. And what you're doing as a coach, what you're doing with Pivot and Slay is great because we need more of that. We need to show people there, there is a place you can go, right? Where everybody's your friend, right? Kind of like cheers, right? Everybody knows your name and they can celebrate your wins. I need a yeah. shot. Of, I need a shot. I need a shot. Listen, I do a bob right here. But anyway, uh, we won't get into that. I think it's important. Cool. It's important to focus on resolutions. You know, a lot of people get caught up in the complaining portion of life and they don't actually come to the table with some, a way to resolve the pain. And that's the problem. Then the pain is recycled and recycled. And we keep talking yep. about it, but we're not actually making any action, taking any action towards resolving it. 
And so I like to focus on how can we make this work anyway? How can we, you know, carve a path and pivot around something so that we can get to the goal that we set out to begin with? And this is with relief. This is not just about business, guys. Like the number one thing I say in my coaching is I can give you business strategies all day long, all day long. I got tons of them. But if you're not showing up as your best, most empowered self, ready to be innovative, ready to take risks, ready to learn, ready to be open to the fact that you don't know everything, none of the business strategies are going to save you. And it's such a huge portion of being successful is your mindset. And not a lot of people realize that. So you have to focus on bringing solutions. So what? There's a problem. You're going to face a problem every day, whether you're a business owner or not, in your relationship, your friendship with your kids every freaking day. So you might as well come to the table with an innovative way to resolve it. At least give it a whirl. Without that, all you're going to have is recycled complaints over and over again. And you're living in that negative space. And that's not where you want to be. Yeah. On that note, so a few minutes back, you you use the phrase pouring in, pouring into people, uh, whether that's your friendships, your family, your employees, your business, your local community, your peers. Um, so this term pouring in seems to be, it's, it's prevalent in, in our world, right? Because it's kind of like tribal language for people like us. We're connected through a room called Apex, which is one of the biggest, you know, what I would call a networking mastermind in the nation, in the world, maybe. Um, so it's like kind of like tribal language for us. We get it. We know what it is right away. But for people, maybe newer to that world, people not in that world, to me, I'm going to share my definition of pouring into people where it comes from for me. And then I want you to pick up on it if that's all right. So, so for me, the, the very first thing about being able to give to people is you've got to be very secure in your station, in your agency. You have to, your glass has to be full. Because if you're lacking, it's going to be hard to give, right? So that doesn't mean you need to be at the top of your success. It doesn't mean you need to be like you got rays of sunshine, IV, right into your heart, right? It just means you need to be able to recognize happiness, joy, success for other people and call it out and know where your path leads. That's to me the first thing. And then pouring into people is you have to give without that expectation of getting back. And be, be excited to celebrate people, support them. Like we've got a thing uh, and then I'll wrap up and let you pick up on it. So we've got a thing where when our fellow Apex people write a book, we go buy it, right? Like even if we've got 27 books to go read, we go buy it, right? Even if it's a book that's maybe not topical to our business, we go buy it. So our friend, Kirsten Smith, I bought her book, Confessions of an Unhappy Housewife. Not a housewife. But I bought the book, once <laughs> saw it on Amazon, and she says, what'd you buy this for? Do you think, what's, what's wrong? She thought it was like buying it for her. And I just kind of had to laugh, like, no, no, no. They said, let me, they said, no, it's, it's just what we do. It's how we help each other always. Um, and to me, that's an example of pouring in. So I'll let you pick up on it from there. Well, I have a lot to say on this topic because I think, I'm a giver and I think a lot of people in my space are. 
But what that means is we often give to ourselves last. And what I've learned throughout the years, because I'm a single mom, I'm a business owner, multiple business owners. I have a house by myself, you know, like a lot of responsibility. And I put all those things first. But what happens is that there's really, at some point, there's not going to be anything left for me to give because I haven't, you know, worked on myself. And so the thing I've learned throughout life and most recently, the last two years, is I need to have a little bit more um, harmony within the things that are most meaningful to me. So my businesses, my children, my friendships, my relationships, and myself. And part of that is me saying no so that I can re re-energize myself in whatever way is meaningful to me. So I love to go to the beach. I love to exercise. I love to do yoga. I make sure that I make time for these things and that they're not negotiable because that's the way that I best serve my the people that I care about, including my coaching clients, including my kids. Um, I can bring my best self to the table if I make sure I'm loving myself too. And yeah. um I think that's an important thing that a lot of people forget. And this is especially true if you're used to always giving um, or if you're in an industry like coaching where that's actually your job. You know, my job is to allow these individuals to lean on me and come to me with all of their issues so that we can resolve them together. That takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of energy, a lot of love, a lot of time. I have to make sure I have all of it for them. And so a big part of the way that I live my life is with self-care. You know, I take my mornings to myself. I make sure that I'm supporting me. And then the same way I told you guys, you know, I can give you all the business strategies you want, but you got to be your best self. That's how I show up as my best self. If I show up and because I did all those things in the morning, I speak to my kids differently, right? I'm ready for them yeah. when they wake up. I'm energized. I'm in a good mood. That makes them happier and they go on to have a happier day. Then I talk to my clients and I'm all energized for them and I'm throwing some positive stuff at them and then that makes them have a better day. And the way that I serve myself has a ripple effect for the entire day to anyone I speak to. That's the power of self-care and pouring into you. Yep, yep. I was just giving, for those that are going to listen to this on audio, I was just giving uh, Jessica a round of applause because, boom, 100% right, like a million percent right. I mean, I love that. Like, if you can't be a leader if you're deficient with yourself, it's really hard because it what ends up happening is... Lead. It takes a yeah. lot to lead. Like, people are looking at us thinking we have it easy because we are not in the thick of it doing the things on the ground level. But it's even harder to be at the the top 50,000 foot view trying to watch all the moving parts and nurture them all and make sure they're all flowing in the same direction like a team. That takes a lot of energy. And if you are a leader, you really have to focus on making your energy right every day. And it's not it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's going to be different for everybody. And it's not a one-touch situation. It's not like Monday I can pour into myself and I'm great for the week. This is a consistent action you have to take on a daily basis to make sure you're showing up as your best CEO self or your businesses will not be where they could be. 
It's just a fact, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to, you want to share, are you okay to share a little bit of what that routine looks like for you in the morning? Of course. I love talking about this because it's something I learned through trial and error. So six years ago, yeah, you I go got first divorced. and then I'll go, I'll go. Yeah. Six years ago, I got divorced and it was a pretty devastating moment in my life. I didn't see it coming and I felt very irritable. I mean, like I was depressed and I was crying all the time, you know, like, and I just was in a really bad headspace. And I would just sleep until my kids woke up and they they didn't wake up late. It's not like I was sleeping all day, but they, they woke up at 7.30, 8 o'clock and I woke up with them. I was super cranky and I'm like, oh, I just need my coffee and oh, like, right? Like we all have had those moments. <laughs> so because of that, I thought, how can I show up better for my kids? Because this isn't fair to them, right? Like they wake up and they're little and they're like, mommy, I slept all night and I can't wait to spend time with you. And I'm like, I need my coffee. It's not fair. So how do I show up better as a parent? And this is how my morning routine was born. I said, well, I love waking up and exercising. Let's see how that goes, right? So I decided to set my alarm an hour earlier. I would wake up and for that hour, I would exercise. And then I would have coffee. And by the time the girls woke up, I'd be like ready to go. And I'm like, oh, well, that was a life-changing moment, right? Well, I started doing it. It became a routine. Then it became a habit. And then I started kind of getting addicted to the way I felt after having this like morning time to myself. So I pushed it earlier and I added some reading in and I added some meditation and then I started doing yoga. So over the course of like two years, my morning routine, which is still the same today, was born. I wake up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock, which was hard at first, but now is not. And I exercise and I do some yoga and then I meditate I journal my gratitude. I have some coffee while I read. And then I start my day. And this is what I do every single day. And I've been such a happier, more productive person because of it, which again has rippled through to my businesses, my staff, and my children. Because now when by the time they wake up, I am present. I am mentally there for them to hear them, have breakfast with them, you know, talk to them. I'm there for my clients. And then I kind of like have, you know, my day just goes smoother and I'm more efficient. And I, if I found that over trial and error and I've, I did it in, you know, in um, increments, you know, didn't just start one day I slept till eight. Uh, now I wake up at 4.30. Like, it, you know, incrementally I added these things and thread them into my life. And now I can't live without them. Like I'm actually grouchy right. if I wake up late or if I skip something, because we all have bad days, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's perfect. There's days I don't want to do it. But what gets me out of bed is I know if I do this, my day will go smoother. And so that's motivation to get up and do the yep. thing, even when you don't want to. Yeah. And, and to build on what you, what you shared about what mornings used to look like, grumpy Jessica without her coffee, right? If I met. You may. Uh, okay. I just did. It's funny how I kind of like said it and then asked permission, right? Um, many business owners live their life that way, right? Like they just go do it. And then I, anyway, I digress. No, it's so true. It sets of, them up. You're, you're trying to catch up with the day. When you, right, when you get ahead right. of the day, you can actually control the day a little bit more and control the yep. outcome of the day instead of feeling like you're playing catch up all day long. Yeah. 
So, so on that note, right? So I'll share my routine in a minute, but to, to pick up on what you said about how you were grumpy in the morning, think of, so you watching, you listening to this, do you think your customers, your clients, your, your, your uh, people you work with, do you think they're, that they're this intentional about their day? So when you go give away what is potentially your most productive time, which meshes into my day in the mornings, when you feel like, oh, I have, I've got to get up. I've got, I've got to immediately abandon myself, the self-care of myself, setting myself up for success at the beginning of the day to go placate and please everybody else who's waking up grumpy without coffee. Do you really think that they're in a frame of mind to possibly get the best from you? Absolutely not. You know, when people hit me up to schedule things, you know, nothing really gets on my schedule before 10 a.m. Because that whole time leading up to that, especially on a Monday or Friday, because Monday, Fridays are my days to travel to my business where I I work from home Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, It's a half hour. So like, you're not getting on my, you're not getting on that calendar before, really before 11 uh, on Mondays and Fridays. But People think it's like, oh, what do you start late? No, actually, I've been up working on myself, on my businesses, on the plans for hours. And, and that compiles itself. It's a mix of reading. I make it a point to read something prior to the printing press. So pre 1400. So these are things like the Bible, old tales like Beowulf, the art of war, because they're those words were so important that amongst wars, when, you know, lands were taken, those stories, those tablets, those tiles, those scripts were picked up and like carried like gold, right? Through the ages. So it must be pretty damn good if all that happened to bring it to 2022, right? That's the way I look at it. I like that perspective. Yeah, I mean... And truth be told, a lot of what I read is the Bible, and it's not because I'm overly religious, because I'm not, but there's so much that's appropriate if you can, you know, being religious is a good thing. I'm not saying it's not, but there's so much, if you can just get get past the veil of the religion aspect of the Bible, there is a lot of great guidance within there. That's all I'm saying. Um, But uh, there's that, there's gratitude, there's just... There's, there's planning and there's structure. Like I go to bed knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. From that 10 to four window, I know what's happening. Uh, there's no surprises. And you're, you're, you're right. You feel so much better about your day and it allows you to accomplish so much more. Um, 100%. You know, so like, I think if you're watching and listening to this, like, Take away that visual that if you watch this of Jessica when she was grumpy in the morning and like me, I'm, I'm equally grumpy. Like just get away um, type of thing. But uh, take that visual and think about like if you're abandoning the opportunity, the prime opportunity to propel yourself, your business for people that are like that, do you, are they really receptive to your quote? Are they really receptive to the information you have to give them? I don't think so. so I agree with you because... I, it's funny because I feel like um, I keep using the word energy, but it's so important in my life. And I really feel like everything you do is energy, right? Like the way that you present your offer to people is energy. The way that you present your quote, like you just said, or you try to close someone or you 
or have an introduction or you have a speaking event or you're parenting or you're meeting someone on a date or you're talking to your spouse, like that's all energy. Like if you think you're not giving off some vibe, you're wrong. And the vibe comes off different when you approach it from a happy, upbeat perspective. Genuinely, people can tell innately when you are putting it on. So when you, the more intentional you can be to have that energy just be a natural part of who you are, your business and your life will change for the positive, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to use the word energy because we have comments, comments that come in. Everybody, you know, watching, watching a show on Facebook like this takes some mental fortitude, right? Because you're just, yeah. you're busting the Facebook algorithm like 37 minutes ago. We're 39 minutes in this thing. But on the topic of energy, Jana, who commented, so she's somebody that I know in, in the Lancaster County, Pennsylvania area. So Jana is somebody I'm immensely proud of. I mean, energy, like buckets of energy, um, just carrying it around, right? Like here, have some, like you get energy, you get energy. That's Jana. She's amazing. <laughs> she'd be over somebody, of energy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think so. But Jana is somebody when I first met, you know, she's, she's doing pampered chef. Um, I think maybe a couple other things, maybe working a job. Today she owns, she has her own Edward Jones financial office. Edward Jones is a company that's going to invest in their people, providing they do the work. Right? Like in like Edward Jones do the work. Right. Right. And like Edward Jones work, like when we say do the work, try the language of do the work at all for Jessica and I and, and everybody connected to us through Apex. We're talking about like social media posting, you know, being a good leader, being a good family member. Edward Jones' work is like, go out, hit the streets and knock doors. A lot of them. Like that's work, you know? And because she did that, they chose to reinvest. And John is like somebody uh, that it's like so cool to have seen that happen. And when she said it the first time, I'm like, wow, that's ballsy. And I was, I was like, Go do it. If anybody could do it, I think she can. And sure enough, here we are. So like she sounds awesome. I, I mean, John is John is just a rock star. And then, yeah, you know, we had another comment about giving. Um, so Chris Kurtz, who's just a pretty amazing individual. And I think this might be a good way to, as we round third base to bring this one home to talk about giving without expectation and paying attention to people that come into you, your universe, because this has been big for me lately. Chris is one of these people. So I met Chris three weeks ago. I'm in a film studio with three a producer weeks? who I... Oh, very short time. Yeah. But like, we're like, you know, we're like bonding. Like, you know, it's... it's okay. It's, it's, it's cool. We're like, you know, well, the hard thing, yeah, we're there. We're, we're at the best event. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I really believe you need to pay attention to people that come into your world and, and what they say when they want to give and how they want to. Like, don't shut that out with your own BS skepticism. Yes. Right? I have so much. Can I, can I interject for a second? Because I, well, I have a question. Yeah, let me, let me just share what Chris did for me. Yeah. So this Friday, I get to go see Bigfoot, the monster truck Bigfoot. Bigfoot for me as a kid was so special for so many ways. 
beyond watching on TV, beyond having the Matchbox car, because we didn't have it, because we didn't have money. I didn't have the Tonka trunk. But Bigfoot was so freaking special for me as a kid. And it's the reason I'm a Ford truck guy today. It's why my oldest boy has a Ford truck. It's why my youngest boy will have a Ford truck. And we're going to go do that Friday. And when you give to people in that way and can make connections happen, you have no idea just how special it can be. You might think it's just this thing I do. But when you constantly have that giver's heart, your network expands. Chris's network is pretty pretty damn incredible. I mean, the guy runs social media for Mercedes-Benz USA. Okay. He's, he's the guy for one of the biggest metal bands in the nation. You know, he had a major rock star in the adjacent studio next to him. So like, but he found it in his heart to give in that way when he heard me. And I don't even remember how we got on the topic of Bigfoot, but we did. And he heard it and he gave. That's and adorable. That to me is, that's just so cool. So I no went a little long there. No wonder he's the status for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're gonna we're I gonna totally deserving. Yeah, we're gonna totally get on with it on Friday night at the Monster Jam show. Have so uh, much fun! So, yeah, that's awesome. I love that story. It's nice to see people giving, and it's funny because, like, you're right. People are just so skeptical. Even what I said about entrepreneur, yeah. people are like, "But why?" And I'm like, because I want to give back. And it's such a shocking statement to make. But now people are seeing what I'm doing and they're trusting me more. But it's taken a bit, especially in New York, because we're a bunch of skeptics here. Let's just be honest. But <laughs> so through through our network, I announced that I was going to do this. And um, you know, the the part that I was scared the most about is so many restaurants have, especially in New York, are still recovering from all of right. the COVID stuff. And I thought, man, how am I going to get restaurants to donate space really for me to have these events? Because I'm not charging people, so I can't pay to have these big, beautiful spaces, right? So I started to put the word out there, like if you're a restaurant owner and you have a slow day that you need a, a rush for, like a crowd for lunch, Hit me up. I have people I can bring. I want to, you know, do these events, whatever. And I was hearing crickets. So someone at Apex said, I know a guy. Let me see if he'll do it. So they can, he connects me and now my friend, Eric. And Eric turns out, I Googled him before we, we, we connect on Instagram. He seems nice. He's like, let's meet tomorrow. So I look him up. He's got accolades longer than my leg. Like he's just, he's been on Chopped. He won Chopped. He knows Bobby Flay. Oh, wow. He knows, um, you know, he's friends with Andy Frisella. He, he just, he's just, he's famous, like basically, right? And he owns a restaurant. He owns a bunch of restaurants near me. And I'm like, well, how's this going to work out? Like this famous chef who's been on the Food Network is never going to give me his space to do an entrepreneur event for like 25 people because I'd be lucky at first if I got 25 people, right? So we meet and it's just like, same as what you're saying yep. with you and Chris. It was just like instant connection. I told him my mission is to help people and 
help them scale their businesses and find freedom from their hustle. And he was just like, I need to be a part of this. He's like, first of all, you can have my big, beautiful space that has a stage, an AV system. Everything I could ever want is in the space. It's beautiful in the back of his restaurant. And he's like, you can have it every month. You can have it every month. (laughs) And I'm like, Did Did you get goosebumps when he said that? Yes, because, you know, he was just, he resonated so much with my mission of helping people. And he was like, if you want help, I will, I'll do whatever you need. Like, let's do it together. Like, if you want it to be together, I'm in all the way. How can I leverage my network, my people, my audience to help you build this out so that we can help people? And I was just right. like, I can't even believe it. We're like meeting tomorrow to discuss it more. He's my, he's going to be my speaker for this month. It's April 26th at his restaurant. And I couldn't be more thrilled because it makes people excited. It gives people a reason to try out the group and see what it's all about because they're so skeptical of people who want to help them. But there's yep. this niche of people like us and apparently Chris, your friend Chris Kurtz, right? Who like want to actually help. Like we're reaching out just because, not because yeah. we have to, not because we need to, not because we need something. We just want to fortify these communities and help them. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it, it's hard to hit that level in life. And it's, I'm not, when I say hit that level in life, I'm not talking like there's some imagery of Scrooge McDuck with buckets of gold underneath you. It's like, you just need to be willing to accept what the universe gives you. And I know that sounds really woo-woo, but I'm telling you. Not to me. Like, <laughs> right. Like, I met Chris because, like, like, you kind of put out to the universe, I need a place. And you've got, like, a place with, with your chef, with your friend, with all these restaurants. I'm sorry, this name just went right off the top of my head. Eric. His name's Eric, Eric Levine. Eric Levine. Yeah. I mean, you put it out there, it happens. So about this time a year ago, maybe 10 months, I started talking out loud about doing a full-blown infomercial to build a whole bunch of content. I don't have any, I don't have any, uh, you know, delusions of grandeur about people watching an infomercial today and having that be success for my type of business. But the point was to create a basis of content that we could whittle down and promote in many different ways. I started putting it out there. I'm giving a quote, a rare day I'm working in the store, uh, on the floor, that is. And so, again, listen when the universe tells you. So, rare day on the sales floor, customer facing. I give a quote to a client, to a customer. And he says, it'll just be easier when I'm asking for his name, address, phone number. He's like, here, I'll just give you my business card. He's a script writer and producer for infomercials. I love it. You have like, to put and, stuff out in the universe. You have to. Right. And so many people would just like, oh, okay. And they just move past that. Right? So like... Yeah. You have to open this- your eyes. You have to open your eyes and accept the gifts that are given to you because they are a gift. Like other people... Like I remember telling someone like, I Googled this guy and he's like pretty like popular other people would have not gone or wouldn't have tried or, you know, and I just went in and did my thing and I'm like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You can't have that over 
overly attached mentality to circle all the way back to the beginning of the conversation when you get super attached to one thing and that's like your focus. You can't do that. You have to just be open to the possibility and lay it out there and let whatever happens, happens. If this guy told me like, no, get out of my restaurant. Okay. Then I leave like nothing lost, right? Like the opportunity is there to seize if you're willing to, to see it and grab at it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's so very cool. The, the story of you and Eric meeting. And I mean, what a great opportunity to kick that off. You know, like. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, um, the first one was already set by the time I had met him and it ended up being quite comical. It was like the only restaurant that said yes to me was like this little, like, uh, tiki hut looking restaurant. And they had this back room with all the tiki. With all these tiki decorations. And I was just like, okay, guess we're having like a tiki themed entrepreneur meetup. And the room was tiny. I got a great showing and five extra people came. We couldn't even fit them, but we did. We reconfigured the room. The AV system broke. My backup system broke. It was like anything that can go wrong went wrong. But it was amazing. And when I, when I announced the second event, everyone took out their phone and put it in their phone and everyone's invited people. And then the next time, within five days of announcing, I already had the same amount of people I had gotten total for the first one. And we're still three yep. weeks out. So it's just, it just really is part of its imperfect action, right? I could have seen that room and been like, ah, oh, this isn't perfect. I don't know. It's not the vibe I wanted. Instead, I just said, well, I guess we're having a tiki themed party. Like that's what's going yeah. on. And I just yep. did it anyway. And now because of that, all these other things have unfolded. And I think that's a big takeaway for people. You know, don't wait for the perfect time, the perfect moment, the perfect partner, yes. the perfect whatever. Sometimes you just have to take action and figure the rest out, like building a parachute on the way down. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I love that process. Yeah, you know, I, I like to call it go to the go to the high dive, jump off, and fill the pool on the way down. Yeah, you know, sometimes I ask where the hose is, you know, um, <laughs> or if there's a hose. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that that statement of action is so important. And what's so cool about your about that genesis of your story is look at the come up between the first event and the second event. <laughs> And yep. I'm not saying that's going to happen for everybody listening, that you're going to go from Tiki Hut to like, you know, nationally famous, maybe world-renowned famous chef. But, you know, maybe that's not going to be the journey for everybody, that genesis. But if you're doing the work, if you're taking the action, that's what's going to happen. Things like that can happen all the time because the world respects that. The universe respects that. You give out, you get back, but you got to give without that expectation of getting And all I can say for the people out there who are like, that is not going to happen to me. I didn't think it would happen to me either. And and it probably wouldn't have if this was like a for-profit thing, right? The point is I'm giving. And I think that that's why I received, you know, because I'm doing this without expectation of anything in return. I really believe that. And um, I, but I didn't think it was going to go to this level, like where I strapped a rocket ship to my back and flew up, you know, 16 notches. So if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It it can happen to you. It can happen to everybody. You just have to put the time in, take the action and, you know, drop your, put your skepticism at the door, leave it behind, you know, 
uh, literally I shared kind of beginning of the conversation are like tech overlords. It's going to wreck a muck, run a muck on us if we're not careful. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like a moral obligation to give, but like that's, that's kind of ingrained in us as a people, but like, seriously, now it's time to give. It really is because these things exist and I don't want to live in that world. I want to live in the world we're talking about. I want to live in the world where like you get your awesome restaurant place and I get to go to Bigfoot and then like, you know, in a year from now I get to drive Bigfoot, you know, like that's, that's the world I want. Things like that. Those kinds of come ups, those kinds of things that happen. So Jessica, this was a pleasure. Love hanging out with you. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good show. Another great one. Um, so for people to connect with you and, and real quickly, you, you've got a call. I know you got one thing coming up. You got your thing on Long Island coming up. So let's talk about Women of Apex. You got that coming up here soon, next week. Oh my gosh, next Friday. Yeah, I'm speaking on stage next week in Texas for the Women of Apex event. Um, yep. That'll be exciting. So that's in Texas. I have another speaking engagement in May in Tampa for influential leadership. And then I have my own event in at the end of April with Chef Eric. And it should be exciting. Lots of exciting stuff happening. But if you want to keep up with me and um, yes. you know, follow you along the journey, definitely follow me on Instagram or Facebook at the Jessica Dennehy. And also head over to my website, pivotandslay.com. You can find my book, my coaching program, info about me, my social media, all that good stuff. Yep. And that's pivot and A-N-D, not the ampersand. For those listening, pivotandslay.com. So check all the things out that Jessica is doing there. Uh, on that Women of Apex event, still time to get a ticket. You know, um, womenofapex.com forward slash 2022, I believe is the site. So certainly come there and you'll see an amazing group of people talking. Um, if you like what Jessica threw down today, you're going to love the, the day they have planned for it. So, but uh, Jessica, this has been just a pleasure. Very much enjoyed having you on. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule for my listeners. And uh, thanks for being on this show, The Big Ticket Life. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yep.